This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everyone and welcome along to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo with me, your host Patrick Smith, after Liverpool beat Newcastle United 2-0 in the Premier League. A massive, crucial win on the road for the Reds and some impressive defensive and attacking displays have fired them within reach of the top four. There's plenty of reactions to get stuck into. Up first, we have the Echo's chief LFC writer, Ian Doyle from St. James's Park, followed by Jürgen Klopp's press conference, and as ever, our brilliant post-game pod contributors with their thoughts. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Well, it's all over here at St. James's Park and Liverpool have earned a 2-0 victory against Newcastle United in the Premier League. The scoreline suggests a fairly straightforward, impressive victory, but you know, there was a story behind that, which we'll get onto in a second. Ultimately, though, the Reds uh, have cut the gap on the Magpies, Magpies, as you'd say, to six points. Newcastle, obviously, in the fourth and final Champions League qualification place. Liverpool also have a game in hand, which they'll be playing later in the season. And uh, coming on the back of the 2-0 win against Everton last Monday, was exactly what uh, the Reds would have wanted. Um, the game itself, Liverpool started pretty slowly. They were reliant on Alisson making a very good save from, from Almiron in the, inside the first five minutes. But by the time it got to 20 minutes, the Reds were 2-0 ahead and they, they didn't really look back after that. The first goal was very well worked goal. The, they kept the ball at the around the halfway line, came to Trent Alexander-Arnold, who played a pass with the outside of his right foot over the top, through the middle of the two Newcastle centre-backs. And Darwin Nunes took a touch uh, and then fired past Nick Pope. Said that was after 10 minutes. Seven minutes later, it was 2-0, another fine passing move from the Reds. This time it started from Stefan Bajketic. Uh, he turned in the uh, midfield area, found a bit of space. The ball eventually ended up with Mohamed Salah, who just on the edge of the area put a clever flick with his left foot over the top and Cody Gakpo uh, raced onto it and coolly finished for his second goal in as many games. And that was 2-0. And uh, it looks like the game was completely all over five minutes later when Nick Pope, the Newcastle United goalkeeper, was sent off. Came from a Newcastle free kick, actually. Uh, came into the area. Allison claimed it, and as it's become something of a trademark of his, he uh, cleared long, looking for Salah over the top. Salah got away from his marker. Nick Pope came out, and Pope, who had... That was the second time he came out with his area in quite quick succession. The first time he'd done a very good diving header to clear the, to clear the danger for Newcastle. This time he tried it again, but the ball just out of his reach and he ended up falling on top of it and handling it and, you know, gave referee Anthony Taylor no choice but to send him off. And from that point on, Newcastle down to 10 men, Liverpool 2-0 up. You'd have thought the Reds would have kind of just walked home and seen the game out, even, even though there was still three quarters of it to go. But fair play to Newcastle, they put on a really big fight. Allison again had to make a, a save from Sam Maximan uh, before half-time, touched it against the crossbar, and then Dan Byrne put a header against the bar. So Liverpool, while not rocking, they certainly needed to dig in a little bit. And at half-time, you could tell they must have had a few words because in the second half, while Newcastle did have some threats, as it were, not so much chances, Allison only had one save to make, which was right at the end when he, uh, he denied uh, Callum Wilson the Newcastle substitute. For Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk, he made his first start, or first appearance even, since he got injured against Brentford in the early in January. And there was a few signs of ring rust at the start, but after that, certainly in the second half, you could tell he was on the end of quite a lot of crosses. He got a lot of blocks in, clearances, and he, he managed to keep Newcastle away from Alisson's goal. Joe Gomez next to him, pretty solid, pretty sound. And Liverpool kept... Uh, 
only a, a second away clean sheet of the season. The other one being at Goodison Park in a nil-nil draw. And if you probably argue this is probably Liverpool's best away performance of the season, the only other one that stands comparison is, is the win at Tottenham Hotspur back in November. And then that was one of the first games that Darwin Nunes fe featured on the left. And he... Uh, he had another good game playing on the playing on the left. He took his goal very well, but he was a, he had another chance in the second half, which he, he cut in from the left, and Dubravka made a good save. But he went off with what looked like a shoulder injury, so that's something Liverpool are going to have to check looking into the going ahead to the game against Real Madrid on Tuesday in the Champions League, and. They'll go into that game in good spirits because Diogo Jota and Roberto Firmino both got more minutes coming off the bench in the second half. I mean, Jota almost got a hat trick in the in the last couple of minutes. He uh, he put two headers wide. And there was another chance, um, and there was another a couple more openings in the last you know frame five or ten minutes where Newcastle inevitably tired after after what they put in. Um, but you know, I don't think you can really complain about the result. It, it was a, a fair one, Liverpool. We're already, as I say, 2-0 ahead with two moments of real quality, which even Newcastle manager Eddie Howe admitted that after the game. He said, you know, we could have defended them better, but they are two moments of quality. Certainly look at the two passes, from one from Trent, one from Salah. And they were, and they were tucked away really, really well. And that's perhaps something that Liverpool have been missing this season. That kind of, you know, the ruthlessness in front of goal and that ability to, to fashion these chances in terms of them being actually good chances. And... Uh, there was clearly a, a tactic there that Liverpool were looking to hit over the top and, and expose the Newcastle back line and it, and it worked for them, to be fair. That's how the sending off happened as well. So, overall, there were uh, Fabinho, again, he looked better. John Henderson was a, he had, had some rough moments. He lacked a little bit of composure at times, but you know, Andy Robertson did did well and, and the midfield overall, while not absolutely brilliant they got the job done and there was still time for you know to get the likes of James Milner to come on and Harvey Elliott and they played the last half an hour and they'll have enjoyed getting the minutes as well so not many negatives apart from that Nunes concern over the injury but uh, this was a job well done for Liverpool the post game podcast on the blood red channel yeah, true. Um, I think we all, you especially, know how, how intense the start of Newcastle is, how they want to start a game, especially at home. Um, so we have to be ready for that. It was a bit wild, stuff like this. In the moment when we controlled it, we scored incredible goals, um, top goals. And then the quick restart for the possible third goal. Um, Pope, I didn't see it, but ball is on his hand, whatever. I, I saw it, but somebody was in between, so in the end. Um, got a red card. I would have preferred definitely um, a goal because I think that was possible. If Mo gets on a ball, it's pretty likely that we will score there. And playing against 11 because it was as well the moment where we lost a bit of rhythm. Um, because of the amount of set pieces um, we gave away, that was always a threat and there's no advantage. Um, 11 will be 10 when there's a ball. Um, on the on the corner flag or wherever, there's no no advantage. So that was there were too many, um, but we had our moments. We could have scored a third and fourth one. We didn't. Um, I think once unlucky. Once I still don't understand it. That's square ball for Mo and he goes down. I didn't see it back in that moment. It looked for me like a penalty, but I, I don't know. Um, so maybe we didn't score. And that keeps the game exciting and um, Newcastle, all credit to them, they put a proper shift in, they really wanted to go for it, they, they fought really hard 
So it was why it was exciting until the end, but um, we got the three points and we are very happy about that. Both goals came in similar fashion. Was that something you'd worked on? Yes, yeah, since months, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it, look, it helps the boys. I don't know exactly how often they played now together in that in that formation, um, and that's very important. You can train, but then you need the games and stuff like this. We, you you have to work on details and. Um, I loved the goals, the, the way we, we moved there, the, the not offside, so patient enough, the vision from the passers, really, Trent top pass, super controlled Darwin, super goal, um, then the second goal, real good link-up play, and then with the chip from Mo for Cody, uh, top goals, honestly. Um, yeah, that's how it is, goals, when you can play a bit more together, but that's now, uh, again, the, as well, the bad news, so Darwin, has something on, on his shoulder. Um, we will see in that situation where I don't know what he whistled there, to be honest, um, against him. Um, but in the end, he had to go off with a, with a shoulder issue. We have we need further assessment, so I don't know in the moment. In the moment, it's painful. Hopefully, it's just painful and a lot more. Martin? Uh, how, how big a win is that for your season? Massive, 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 massive. Um, so we are not in a position. I don't think we are in a position now where we can um, have a big mouth and say, "So now we are, we, we are here and, and go again." We, we, it's obvious that we are in a better place than we were a couple of weeks ago, but we are still um, space for improvement, and we have to show consistency. So next game, Real Madrid, different competition, nothing to do with the game today. We have to recover and then go for that, and um, after that it's Crystal Palace. So I heard now, I said a couple of times, they won, <laughs> they drew because I didn't see that result anymore. Late equalised from Brentford, but Palace is a tough place to go as well, so we have to keep going. So when you are in a position we are in, um, there's no alternative to consistency to get out of it. And result-wise, that was definitely um, good for consistency, and um, performance-wise, uh, were a lot of good stuff and areas where we can improve. The, the, the fallout for Nick Cole's red card might be that Morris makes the has to debut in the cup final next week. Can you offer a reference point for his mentality and character ahead of you? Yeah, I heard about that. So um, I, I think if you, you can absolutely rely on him, there's no, no doubt about that. He's a great goalie. That's why, why Newcastle signed him. Um, but of course, for unlucky for, for Nick Pope in that moment. Um, really unlucky. And then uh, why can to prof? Not play. Oh. Okay, so um, yeah, but yeah, that's it. Mark and James. I was just going to say a question about Carriers. So obviously, you had him in 2018, he's still in Tottenham. For his sake, it's a good opportunity to. Absolutely. That's what he was working for, definitely, all the time. So, absolutely. James? Just this week, the back-to-back -back wins, back-to-back -back clean sheets. How important is that going into the Real Madrid game, do you think, in terms of belief it's given you some momentum? Yeah, massive. I how I said, um, I heard, I didn't know it, but I heard now the last clean sheet away from home was in April here. I can't believe that, but uh, we have February. It's insane. Wow. Um, yeah, it's massive. But that explains a little bit the issues we had um, in the game then, that we couldn't control it better. So just because it's so long ago that we were in a situation obviously like that and um, it's unfortunate football is not like cycling that you, um, if you know it once you will do it always exactly on the same level. No, it's like um, it's different and um, so 
the only way how you can do it and get back on on, 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 on this track is um, by winning and we did that now twice in a row and that feels that feels absolutely incredible so good and just in terms of Alison tonight that was an immense performance for him in terms of making big contributions at key, key times in the game yeah top I'm not really discussing Ali's quality. I saw he's the goal he is, and we 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 love having him. Um, yeah, very helpful performance today. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mike Holt with my review on Newcastle United nil, Liverpool two. In what was taking our form and our performance in general from the Merseyside derby into today. Um, delighted, absolutely delighted. Um, it's been really quite boring, um, quite repetitive to sort of be critical of this Liverpool team this season. And it's just such a breath of fresh air to six-point week. That's massive. That's absolutely huge. And even if we didn't necessarily get the the results this week, the performances were there. The performances have obviously not been there and it's just so much better to see. You know, our attacking play it just it it it's it, it feels like it's just it's flicked the switch and it's back. It's weird. Like you know, you you've asked yourself where's this where's this Liverpool team been all season and this week we've we've really seen the old Liverpool and don't get me wrong, you know, tonight the the game was sort of finished in the first half an hour, wasn't it? Both goals come in the first half an hour and obviously the red card comes and from that point then it was about managing the game and Liverpool had a, a good few opportunities in that last 10 to 15 minutes to kill the game off, but typical Liverpool, we never do the easy way, do we? Um, but it's, it's you know, to, to get three points in the derby, uh, with Everton having that new manager bounce to go away to Newcastle, who have been unbelievable this season, um, and credit to them to go away and get six points this week has just been sublime, um, exceptional, and full credit needs to go to the players and the management. Um, brilliant, um, but we need to keep going. You know, we, it's we have to take the, these wins and this form into the next game and into the next game. And I know Real Madrid. To some might feel like a bit of a free hit, but if you win again, there the momentum just builds and the belief builds, and then you're starting to look at top four and you're starting to think, well, maybe we can do it. Um, we've got players coming back fit, players hitting a bit more form. It's just feeling a bit more rosy after you know this week. Um, delighted to say that um, it feels like a burden off my shoulders as a Liverpool fan, as I'm sure as most as it does off all of us and credit to our away fans for the they were really loud there tonight. They made themselves heard. Um just just a good night to be a red. Another valuable win for Liverpool following on from the Derby victory at Anfield to beat Newcastle away from home in a game which I said on the podcast last week I really had a feeling that Liverpool would have to win this game to give themselves any opportunity to to even mount a challenge really for the the top four positions and he managed to do it. So on the surface level, you'd say really, really good. However, that was a shocking performance for me from Liverpool and encapsulated everything that has been wrong with the team this season. I mean, for Newcastle to go down to 10 men and Liverpool to show the lack of dominance with the ball, 
that they did. It just shows to me the level Liverpool have dropped to. I mean, when I say no dominance, there was points within the game for large periods when Newcastle had 10 men that I wouldn't have known which team had the numerical disadvantage. And that is continues to be a worry for me for Liverpool. I mean, I did say after the Everton game, it's very difficult to, to give a barometer off that game, but just because of how poor Everton are at this moment in time. And today was a better reflection because, I mean, Liverpool have had some major problems this season and two of the major problems have been they've been able to they've been unable sorry to manage distances out of possession which allow the the opposition to create chances and also when they're in possession they surrender the ball far too easily and then allow themselves vulnerable to the opposition then to be in a position to counter attack and both of them things were evident even with a side having a numerical disadvantage and there's got to be some major concerns i mean i, I i'm I'm coming on the, the podcast straight after the game, so I don't know what Klopp's verdict's been on it. But I would be I would be very surprised. I mean, even if he doesn't do publicly, he will be very dis- dissatisfied with that performance from Liverpool. And it just throws up more questions than answers to me because in the seasons in which Liverpool have played the last few in which they've been so dominant, there would never have been a situation like that where the opposition would go down a man and Liverpool... You normally see that, the only way I can describe it, you normally see it with a team who are inferior in, in the in the division when a, a top team, for example, will go, to, go to a man's disadvantage, but it makes a little or no difference when you're watching it visually. And I felt that's what, what Liverpool came into came into the category of today. I mean, Newcastle had chances to be able to, to win the game. Sorry, not win the game, but certainly get something out of the game for me. There's no question about that. I know it can get camouflaged a bit because Liverpool had chances towards the end of the game. But let's be fair, when the game was competitive and Newcastle didn't run out of legs in the closing stages, that was nowhere near a performance. And what what I struggled to understand was how Liverpool struggled to apply any kind of pressure to Newcastle, which meant that they couldn't dominate possession. How were Liverpool not set up structurally to be able to manage that man's disadvantage in terms of monopolising the ball? And then... When Newcastle were able to to get the ball, they had an outlet in Alan St Maximum. But the level of ease that they were then able to create chances, there was times when Liverpool were running back towards their own goal and Newcastle having opportunities where you felt to yourself, well, how has this happened? How is there an overload in Newcastle's favour? How have they been able to get out positions so easily? And Liverpool with the ball again, I mean... You've got that man advantage, so you've always got a spare man on the park. And yet Liverpool, again, played forward too often. The weight of the pass was wrong. The accuracy of the pass was wrong. No Premier League team will be looking at that and having serious concerns about Liverpool after that. There's no question. And they'll know that this is a fading force and not one that's showing signs of recovery for me. So I don't want to sound negative, but that was my view on the game. I mean, one positive to come out the game, and it, it seems like it's positive all the time, to be honest, and it, uh, probably sometimes it gets lost a bit, but Liverpool's goalkeeper, I mean, again today, Liverpool wouldn't have come away with the, the win, but he makes things look so simple and so difficult. 
it's that management of distance. So when an opposition player is able to take a touch in the confines of the penalty area, in them kind of situations that Liverpool are putting the goalkeeper in at the moment because of not being able to control games, that the opposition creating big chances. Just that ability to be able to judge that distance, that first touch, how far to accelerate out, when to put the brakes on, when to decelerate, the angle and the body position to make himself strong and big, to be able to cut off the best possible opportunity for the the opposition to score. And it was evident again today. I mean, he does it in so many different areas as well, so many different parts of the penalty area, whether it be taking a high position and managing them balls that are played over the top and, and, and sees so many good opportunities that, that Liverpool could could face, cut out at source because of his positioning. But also then when the goal, the, the opposition are bearing down on him, just them, them small steps, that footwork, that ability to make himself as, as big as possible. But it's not just about making himself as big as possible. It's, it's about getting there with the right distance so you don't overcommit. And at the same time, you don't undercommit and give too much of the goal to aim at. And I mean, I believe he's technically the best goalkeeper who's ever played in the Premier League. I think it's becoming unquestionable. I mean, I grew up in an era of Peter Schmeichel, for example, brilliant goalkeeper and a brilliant 1v1 goalkeeper, but all round in terms of a skill set. I mean, I think we can get sometimes nostalgic about players from a, from a bygone era. Alisson's a better goalkeeper for me. There's there's just no question. Technically, everything you'd want. Dominance inside the penalty area, ability with the ball at his feet, limited amount of errors, and the amount of big points that he's, he saves Liverpool. I mean, I think statistically as well, I don't think there's ever, since date has been recorded in the Premier League, a goalkeeper who has benefited the team in terms of the amount of XG that he's able to save compared to faced. And if Liverpool didn't have this goalkeeper, I was really worried about what the season would look like even more. Because again today, as I've mentioned, this wasn't shoot to recovery. This was very much pretty, pretty what we've been used to and against the less man. So obviously going into the the Real Madrid game as well, be a difficult game on the basis of, of what we've seen tonight. I suppose the, the final positives to take was Virgil van Dijk, who's back in the side. That's always... A massive fall, Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool at this moment in time are missing Thiago, which is a massive blow. However, they have managed to get the two results in the within the last two games. There has to be a concern about Nunes going off with that shoulder injury as well, because I mean, I, I'm starting to to really get on the side of this guy and this player is is a really dangerous, really dangerous option who will just get better and better and better. I, I'm really of the opinion of that now. I feel like I've seen enough to suggest that. I just think he's a massive threat, but we've we've been through the qualities that he brings anyway. So, so yeah, a win for Liverpool, but not a performance I enjoyed and I thought at times Liverpool were, were diabolical considering the numerical advantage they had. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-0 win at St James's Park. And I've changed my mind again after categorically stating that Liverpool wouldn't qualify for the Champions League uh, a week or so ago, that's all gone into reverse. Game in hand on Newcastle and plenty of scope, given that we are seem to have, perhaps, fingers crossed, hopefully, touch wood, turned a corner. There's, there's every reason to believe that we can make up the ground that we need to to get into the top four. 
quite a barrage we were put under in the first 10 minutes. We have made a bit of a habit of conceding first. Uh, and it looked for all the world as if that might happen again. Even when we scored, Newcastle did um, set us back on our heels a bit. They pressed particularly well, didn't they? When we had goal kicks, we were we were pushed back with two players in our in our own box, and they they wouldn't let us play out. They clearly didn't want us to play out from the back. And you know, we win two 0 and it was another good performance, second good performance in a row which augurs well for the future. But let's be clear, Alison Becker was probably our man of the match, certainly a candidate for that. And when you consider that Newcastle were down to 10 men for the bulk of the game, then you know the implication there is, is clear for us all to see. It was a good performance. We got a good result. Not much to complain about, but it wouldn't have been uh, an alternate universe necessarily where we we didn't get all we wanted out of this game. Uh, you know, Newcastle are a good a good team this season. Let's let's be clear about that as well. And to win 2-0 away from home is a is a really fine result. Really satisfying to see Cody Gakpo score again and what a little clip that was from Mo Salah. I didn't get on the score sheet today, but in providing that assist he showed once again what a an absolutely wonderful player he is just a super touch that didn't need more than a split second's thought to play Cody Gakpo in and two goals in two games now for the Dutchman Darwin Nunes as well a searing half volley finish after he took a decent touch and it's not easy to take that that ball down when it comes over your head and you're running forward like that just pushed it onto his body and then a soft touch with the torso and you really want to hit those half volleys. <laughs> you really want to put the laces through them. Um, I heard one or two discussions um, from Michael Owen, who said he, I think he might have put a side foot onto it. But um, Shea Given was saying that the finish was very much Shearer-like. And it was, wasn't it, at St. James's Park? You really give that one a, a decent belting, put the ball through. And, and that, that wrapped the match up, particularly with them down to 10 men. There was not really any way that they would come back from that and with Real Madrid uh, on the horizon it was nice to be able to make wholesale changes and what's noticeable about those changes up front is that we really have big differences in in character in the way the game is played up front Gakpo and Nunez have punishing pace um, when you introduce Bobby there's a great deal of trickery um, keeps possession well with the ball at his feet. Uh, and, and Diogo Jota, just, it's inevitable that he will have chances. Could have had a hat-trick today. They would have been, there was a high degree of difficulty involved. The XG would have been quite a high number, or a low number, I suppose. But, um, you know, he got himself in, in good opportunities on three occasions today, and it's nice to see uh, those two back. And uh, really looking forward to Diaz getting in the mix of well. And of course, when everybody's fit, you know, we have a real, you know, a real collection of talent up front now. And hopefully we can make that pay for us big time. Sitting alone in, in my bedroom in the middle of the night, trying not to wake anybody up here in Singapore. Uh, the, the only time that I uh, 
yelled out was when <laughs> Robbo passed the ball to Mo Salah at the end of that absolutely scintillating move. I was crying out for him to to smash that one home. I'm often critical about the way Andy Robertson finishes, but he resisted the the opportunity to leather that one home and instead did the unselfish thing and probably the better thing to do was to pass but what a lovely move that was yet another aspect of this Liverpool performance that makes you hopeful for the future other things that really made you hopeful for the future were Andy Robertson's performance throughout the game I mean, he and Trent had had super matches today and you know they haven't been at their best this season particularly Robertson I think has struggled there were times when you thought that perhaps he was going to lose his place to Tsimikas. And I have to say it was probably Tsimikas's ultimate inability to secure that place for himself um, that, that prevented that. But also Fabinho played well today. And what a difference that makes when he does turn it on. Henderson, much better performance than him. And Bicetic continues to impress, doesn't he? And you now start to wonder, you know, for such a young lad thrust into this Liverpool team for a consistent run. What will become of him now? Will he will he end up being a sort of a, a Curtis Jones type player, a squad player who, who gets the odd run in the side? Or is this prolonged and somewhat enforced run in our midfield the beginning of a, a career that will endure at the top level? Remember, he's very young. Still a lot of development to come and a, I watched him quite closely for a, a period. He walks about a bit. You know, he's not he's not constantly up on his toes running, but he has that um, smart mind that puts him in the right position at the right time. Doesn't offer himself for the ball when our defenders have possession quite as much as a as a Hendo would or a Fabinho or a Genie Wijnaldum or a James Milner when he came on. I, I thought that was uh, quite a stark contrast, but. He's a good tackler and he conserves his energy well. And I think he's he's observing the game a lot. And at this age, at this stage of his career, it's good for him to sit back and watch a little bit as well as getting thoroughly involved. You know, he's learning the game. I have high hopes for him. He kept Naby Keita out of the starting lineup today. He kept Harvey Elliott out of the starting lineup today. And that's something of a surprise, at least... We would label that as a surprise if you told us that prior to the World Cup when Harvey Elliott was um, getting automatic, uh, an automatic run in the team. So yeah, good, good response from Liverpool today, a continued response. And there's plenty of time left for us to begin another Champions League campaign when we pick things up again next season at Galasahi on Twitter. G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Listening to the post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.